Roll Tide. That's right, I said it. Roll Tide. I have decided that Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide football team are the greatest football teams that ever existed. Also, 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 I've decided I'm going to trade my truck for a subcompact hybrid. Also, 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 I'm now a vegan. We are having tofu and kale for 4th of July celebration. The reason you are laughing is because the things I said, that's just not me, right? You ever had a conversation with your spouse, with your best friend? Maybe they were uncharacteristically snippy. And you thought, that's just, they're just not themselves today. Actually, we had a conversation. We went, Don and I went out with some friends on Friday night, and we were walking to the truck, and she said, you okay? And I went, I got a lot on my mind. I'm tired, but I'm okay. She's like, you're just not yourself. It was, it's kind of that undefinable thing quality that you just it's just not you today or maybe you've done something you said something you thought something and when it was all over with you said to yourself that's just not me that ever happened you ever look in the mirror and after dropping the ball after saying something you shouldn't have said and go i don't know why i said that that's just not me well, today we're going to answer a question. Who are you? Who are you? See, I, I believe with all of my heart that God's created you for a reason, for purpose. And He's created you to be somebody. Do you agree with that? Well, who is that somebody? Who has He created you to be? Now, I can't... I can't answer that question for you. I certainly can't answer it for you in, you know, an hour and ten minute sermon. Well, the fact that y'all didn't even balk on that is <laughs> unbelievable. I, I can't answer that for you. But here's what I believe is going to happen over the next few moments. Is that you're going to see how through God's word and through uh, his purpose and plan, you can identify who God created you to be. To me, God created you to be. See, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to look back over my life on my last days and go, I never, I was never who God created me to be. And I don't want that for you. So today, we're picking up kind of where we left off last week in our Galatians series. We we're going to be a little bit, if, this is just if you've got your Bible open, we're going to be at the back part of Galatians chapter 1, we're going to be into Galatians chapter 2, and uh, I want you to just pay attention to this text today, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, uh, this is a signature verse for many people, and here it goes, Galatians 2 verse 20, my old self has been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me so i live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me 
Let's pray. Father, over the next few minutes, I pray for your anointing to speak and your anointing to hear. God, most of all, would you just open the truths of your word to us all. Teach us how to be the people that you've created us to be. Teach us how to leave this building on purpose and on mission for your son, Jesus. And everybody said, y'all excuse me while I have to rinse the roll tide taste out of my mouth. So if you're going to be, if I'm going to be the people God created us to be, there, there's some things, I'm, there's some reminders I'm going to give you this morning, and then I'm going to give you a process. First thing I want, to, I want you to remember is that you're a work in process. Sometimes we use the phrase, you're a work in progress. I like your work in process. How many know that God has a process for your own growth? Because he does. And you're not there yet. You're not the person that you're destined to become yet. And truthfully, we'll never be until we see his face. But don't you want to be a little closer tomorrow than you are today? Don't you want to be a little further down that process tomorrow than you are today? See, oftentimes when we look at who we are in light of who we know God wants us to be and we see the great gulf between the two. It's very discouraging at times. It's very discouraging to, to uh, recognize that we're just not there yet. And, and I want you to know you're in real good company because none of us are there yet. We're all moving toward becoming more like Jesus. And that's all of our ultimate goals. And I don't want you to beat yourself up because you're not there yet. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to recognize that while Christ is perfect, he, that you are not and that you're walking through this process becoming more like him. Everybody got that? So you're a work in process. Look at somebody say you're a work in process. But that isn't an excuse to get lazy. See, oftentimes we use the grace of God as an excuse for our own sinful behavior. And I'm going to tell you that God's grace was never intended to be an excuse. God's grace is intended to cover us when our humanity shows out. But the truth of the matter is you and I are called to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that God has given us. And so we can't get lazy. Paul said, I work out my salvation with fear and trembling. And so I want you to understand that if you're going to become the me God created you to be, there's some work involved. There's some discipline involved, and we don't like those two words sometimes. We don't like the idea of discipline. We don't, I, now, now, don't get me wrong. You've heard me say this over and over again, but I've got to say it again. The work of salvation was finished on the cross of Calvary. There's nothing you can do to add to it or take away from it. There's nothing you can do to earn it or deserve it. It was a gift, a free gift, by grace lest any man should boast. But if you've been saved, if you've been redeemed, have you been redeemed from something? And the answer to that is always yes. So I don't, if you're going to become the person God intended you to be, you can't get lazy. You've got to go through the process. You've got to work the process of becoming more like Christ, about putting good things in your spirit, about keeping the junk out, 
about walking with Christ, about uh, discipling yourself and discipling somebody else. Here's what Paul said. Paul, who wrote this, the book of Galatians that we're talking about, also wrote the book of Corinthians we spent a little time with over the, the last few weeks. He said in 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. He absolutely disciplined himself. We have to do the same thing. Are we disciplining ourselves to live like Jesus? Are we, are we working on our own salvation and fearing trembling? Are we monitoring our morality? Are we working on our holiness? And, oh, there's a word we don't hear a whole lot anymore, isn't it? See, I believe that God is, if you're going to be the you God created you to be, if I'm going to be the me God created me to be, I've got to work the process. I've got to be, there is work involved. And so I, I wanted to start this message with that simple thought. I'm not there yet, but, but I've got to grow. Salvation is a free gift. Growth is on me. Now the Holy Spirit is going to help you and empower you and equip you, right? But, but listen, wouldn't it be cool, wouldn't it be cool if I could just say, Lord, you are powerful. Would you just, just make it go in my head, the, the, your word? I don't, I don't need to read it. You can just plant it in my brain. Could he do that? He's not gonna. Lord, you don't, I don't need to pray. You know my needs. Does he know your needs? Of course he does. Do you need to pray? Every day. So you're working process. You're working progress, but that's not an excuse to get lazy. Here we go. If you're going to be the me God created you to be, here's one thing. Please, oh, please get this. Please understand and know that you are not defined by your past. And that's the greatest one of the greatest tools of the enemy is to remind you of your old self. To remind you of who you used to be. My old self. Paul said that in our text. He said, my old self. My old self has been crucified with Christ. He, that's a dead man. My, my old self. I heard it said, and I, I think this is, this is a powerful way. It said, the past is a place to learn from not a place to live in. That's good, isn't it? I wish I would have said that. The past is not a place, it is a place to learn from, but not a place to live in. And, and the enemy oftentimes will want us to, to dwell on how and all of the things we used to be. Listen, if you've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, that's not who you are anymore. Listen, you don't, you don't find your identity from who you used to be. Now, you've Maybe you've got some friends that like to remind you of who you used to be. Maybe you've got some acquaintances that like to, hey, you remember when we used to fill in the blank. There, there's this passage in the book of Isaiah that, that I, I think speaks to what we're talking about this morning. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, the Bible says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, come on, this is a word for somebody this morning. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. How many are going to receive that God's doing a new thing in your life this morning? God's doing a new thing. 
Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You're not who you used to be. Are you who you're supposed to be yet? But thank God you're not who you used to be. Now sometimes if your walk's anything like mine, maybe you've taken two steps forward, three steps back a couple times. Is that anybody or just Dwayne? Two steps forward, one back. Three steps forward, two back. Listen, I, I get it. I'm, I'm still working toward becoming the me I'm supposed to be, that I'm created to be. And I'll never get there if I live in my past. I'll never get there if I let the enemy constantly remind you, me of all the things I used to do and all the things I used to say and all the things I used to think. That man has been crucified. Aren't you glad? Yeah. I'm glad I'm not who I used to be. I wasn't a bad guy. I'm just so thankful I'm not who I used to be. I think it, it's interesting that Isaiah said, I'll make rivers in the desert. Does that resonate with anybody ever been in a desert place? I, I don't mean like physically in the desert. Some of you probably have been, especially those of you guys that served in the military. You've been in the desert. You know what that feels like. But I mean a spiritually, mentally desert place where it's dry and there's nothing there. I wonder if you've been recently in a desert place. Can I tell you about mine? Are you all okay with a pastor that's gone through a desert place a time or two? Can I tell you about mine? So I made, and, and this is not going to be a big deal to many of you, but it's a huge deal to me, and it, it took me in a bad place for a couple of, couple days. In fact, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still working it out. I made a huge mistake. A huge, boneheaded, stupid mistake. And it's costing me a semester, an entire semester at school. Now, that might not seem like a big deal to you, but I really would like to get my, my degree before I retire. And I have beat myself up for, a lo you know, several days. So I you, you attach that to, all right, you, you see my, my hand in my pocket? I've been dealing with this shoulder thing for uh, the better part of a year, and it's irritating me. And I'm working on it, and the doctors are, you know, we got a plan, I guess, but so you, you attach that to a boneheaded, stupid mistake, and all of a sudden you find yourself in just a dry, irritated, upset, frustrated. Any of those adjectives mean anything to anybody? And you're like, and, and, and here's what your reaction is. Why is this happening to me? You know, I'm a good man. I'm a good guy. Why me? And we, we go in those desert places and we think, oh, this is awful. Here's what God's teaching me. See if I can give you a really theological way to frame this deep. Here's what God's teaching me. Stop it. <laughs> Write this down. Don't despise the desert place. Don't despise the desert place. 
See, Paul at the end of chapter 1, I won't read you the whole thing, at the end of chapter 1 is kind of giving us his personal testimony. And then he tells us in, in verse 17, I'll read verse 17, it says, I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went to Arabia. Now, now don't think Saudi Arabia because it's a different. Arabia is this region right outside of Damascus. And if you know Paul's story, he was on his way to Damascus when God revealed himself, when Christ revealed himself to him. And so now he's going to Arabia, this area right outside of Damascus. Guess what's in Arabia? Nothing. It is a desert place. And we don't know how long he spent there. But here's what we do know. Christ revealed himself to him there in a very powerful, profound way. And what I'm going to tell you is that if Christ revealed himself to Paul in a desert place, that's likely where he's going to reveal himself to you. See, I, I do believe that God's got a place and a person for you to become, but you might have to walk through a desert place first. Hey, I believe God's got a, a plan for your marriage. But you might have to walk through a desert place. Oh, and by the way, Paul's not unique. The same desert place that Paul was in, this exact same geographical place that Paul was in, this exact same desert, the children of Israel walked around in that same desert, desert for 40 years before they bec could become a nation. And God was preparing them in that place just as he prepared Paul in the desert place. So don't despise the desert place. <laughs> oh, by the way, the Son of God became flesh, dwelt among us, and before he started his ministry, guess where he went? He went to the desert. Some translations say he went to the wilderness, led by the Spirit of the Lord. But that's where he got prepared to do what he came to this earth to do. So I'm going to tell you, if you want to become the person, I'd love to be able to tell you that if you commit your life to Christ, there'll never be difficult days, and there'll never be seasons of loneliness and difficulty and heat. <laughs> but I can tell you this. That if God brought you to the desert place, he'll get you through the desert place, and he'll get you through the desert place with purpose. Paul said, I discipline myself. In other words, I'm preparing myself, training myself. <laughs> how many of you know, I, I don't know how many athletes are in the room. I'm obviously a well-trained athlete, but I don't know how many others it bothers me because every time I say that, y'all laugh. And <laughs> how many know you don't you don't you don't just train for practice. You prepare and train and practice so you can get on the field, so you can compete. And I'm telling you that God's not preparing you just for the uh, just for the purpose of having you walk through some stuff. He's Preparing you for a purpose. He's got something for you. He's got somebody for you to become. So don't despise the desert place. And here's why. Write this down. Because God always prepares you for what he has prepared for you. 
do you want what God has prepared for you? In your life, do you want what God has prepared for you? Do you want to become the person that God has prepared for you to be? Is that what you want? Two of you. Is that what you want? Then God's going to prepare you for that. And, you know, we, Don and I spent 11 days on the beach. That's probably not where He's going to prepare you. It's probably not going to be kicked back with your Daytona Dwayne hat on. It might be in the middle of some stuff. And, and here's, here's what we cannot do, y'all. We can't get in the middle of the desert place and think, this is too hard. I don't want to go here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I quit and die in the desert. I want you to find that thing, that place, that life, that relationship, that marriage, that family, that career, that ministry that God has prepared for you. And you might have to find it in the desert place. Here's something I want you to remember. You've heard me say these words before, but I want you to hear them today. Before you drew a breath, you were chosen and called. Back in, the, in chapter 1, Paul said, But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by His marvelous grace. I choose to believe that God's not a respecter of persons. And if God chose and called the Apostle Paul, now he, He's probably not going to call you to write two-thirds of the New Testament. All right? He's not going to call you to do what Paul did. But listen, he didn't call Paul to do what you're going to do. Man, I, I believe with all of, you know, this, I, I don't want this to sound like a motivational speech because y'all know I'm not about that. But I believe that God's destined you for greatness. I believe that with everything in me. And unfortunately, most of us die without finding it. The only way we're going to find that that thing that God's anointed and appointed and called and chosen us to do. It's when we allow him to mold us and shape us and form us into that person who's, who he's called us to be. When we learn to say yes to God about everything. When we learn to understand that yes, his way does work. When we listen to him carefully and do what he says. I guess what I'm trying to say is that you're a child of God. I'm a child of God, and maybe it's time we start living a life worthy of that calling. Maybe it's time we remember who we are. If you've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, you are a child of the Most High God. And what I see the enemy doing all across the body of Christ is, is, is convincing people that they're somehow not worthy of God's grace and mercy and kindness and, and, and purpose and passion. And, and the truth is, apart on our own, we're not. But because you've found Jesus and He's set up residence in your heart and the Holy Spirit lives in you and equips you and forms you and shapes you, you're a child of the King and you're on business for the King. You're an ambassador for the King and God's got great things for you to accomplish on this planet. So if, 
Who is the me I was created to be? Who is that person? <laughs> I, w- I wonder if you, like me, have had some labels put on you. Anybody had some labels put on you? Labels that you didn't ask for? Maybe somebody called you an alcoholic. Maybe somebody called you a womanizer. Maybe somebody called you less than intelligent. Maybe somebody called you ugly. Maybe somebody said that you, uh, you didn't have purpose. You'll, here's what a, a lot of dads said to their, well, no, here's what a lot of fathers said to their children. You'll never amount to anything. I don't know what label you got put on, that got put on you. I don't, I don't know. I know what some of mine were. I had a man that I respected and counted as a mentor put an awful label on me one time. And I answered to that label for years. I saw it every time I looked in the mirror took a supernatural act of God to rip that label off, by the way. So I'm telling you, you got no control. You got no choice about what label this world places on you, but you do have a choice to the label you're going to answer to. You do have a choice in where you're going to find your identity. Write this down. I find my identity in the finished work of the cross. I think the song they sang said, I am who you say I am. You don't have to answer to those labels. That's not who you are. You are who he says you are. <laughs> let's, let's look at that text very quickly. Just a couple of things. Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified. Listen, whatever's in your past, and I find it interesting, okay, let me, I don't want this to be too academic, but if you read this verse in context, Paul was talking about his old self. His old self was a persecutor of the faith. He, he hated Christians and was quite... Uh, vigorously doing all he could to stop the movement. He was attached and enamored to an old system of laws and religion that was burdensome and had him in chains. And then after he says all that, he says, my old self has been crucified. So here's what I need you to understand. Whatever that thing was that held you in chains, Whatever that thing was that was preventing your freedom. Whatever that thing the enemy had wrapped around your wrists and ankles has been crucified. It is no more. It is gone and gone eternally because it's been done by the finished work of the cross. Crucified. My old self has been crucified with Christ. Look, he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. See, the reality is, if, if we have sold out to this man Jesus, the life that you live, it's not yours anymore. You don't own one. 
The life I live belongs to Jesus. I go where he tells me to go. I do what he tells me to do. I say what he tells me to say. And can I just tell you something? If we'd all learn that one principle, it'd keep us out of a lot of trouble. Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. That's a powerful word, isn't it? Trust. See, some translations say by faith in the Son of God. You can't separate faith and trust. In fact, I'd rather use the word trust sometimes. Here's why. Because you won't do something, and it'll be easy for you to not do it because you say, I just don't have the faith. It's harder to say, I just don't trust God. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. By trusting in the Son, Son of God, why would I do that? Why would I lay my life down and live it for Him? Why would I do that? Why would I surrender all that I want to be and all that I want to be? Why would I lay all that and forget it and live like a dead man? Why would I do that? Because He loved me and gave Himself for me. He did for me what I could not do for myself. He became sin, made him who knew no sin to be sin on my behalf so I could become the righteousness of God in him. That is why. That's why I want to live like a dead man. All right, so in the, in the few minutes that we've got, I, I want to try my best to say, to, to answer the question, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do I become that person? How to be the me I was created to be? First thing, here we go. First thing, trust the process. What, what's the process? I, I, I knew that was in your mind, so I didn't give you room to write it down, but here's the process. First of all, I'm going to know God. I'm going to learn who God is. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to chase Jesus with everything in me, and I'm going to... Some of you have heard me pray this way when, before I preach or before I teach on Wednesday night. God teaches who you are and how you do things. Learn who God is. Second step is to find freedom. If you're not free in Christ, if you still got a chain holding you down, how many know that there's a way out of that? Come on, y'all. How many know there's a way to, there's a path to freedom? So we're going to learn who God is. We're going to find our freedom in Christ. We're going to discover our purpose. We're going to figure out through prayer and counsel and discipleship why God puts you on this planet. And number four, you know what you're going to do? You're going to change the world. That's the process. The one I can't change the world. Of course you can. What if you change the world for one person on this planet and change his world eternally? You've changed the world. This is how we say it at LifePoint. Purpose, passion, people. That's the process. Second thing, don't get lazy. Don't get lazy. Do you, do you know somebody who is just tremendously disciplined in, in their workout routine? Tremendously disciplined in their, in their eating habits? I mean, I admire that. I, I really do. I, I, I really do. I, I admire people who, who are, especially people who eat clean all the time. Now, listen. We don't, we don't go crazy, do we? But, but listen, Wednesday, I'm going to the buffet. Come on, somebody. You know, I mean, you, 
what if we could use that, that kind of discipline in our walk with Christ? Man, I'm going to spend time every day in His Word. I'm going to talk to Jesus every day. I'm going to share my faith. Let's not get lazy. Before, I, before you think I beat you up too bad, I, don't get lazy, but know this, it's okay to rest. Anybody know who Watchman Nee is? Watchman Nee, the Chinese theologian that lived a life that, I don't know, he's, he did things for Jesus that, that, that just blows your mind. And So if you want to Google him, you can. But here's what Watchman Nee said. Living in the Spirit means that I trust the Holy Spirit to do in me what I cannot do myself. It's completely different from the life I naturally live of myself. Each time I'm faced with a new demand from the Lord, I look to Him to do in me what He requires of me. It's not a case of trying, but of trusting. Not of struggling, but of resting in Him. All right. Next thing, write this down. When you're in the desert place, ask the right questions. Sometimes I ask the wrong question. Oh, God, why me? What did I do to deserve this? Why is everybody else's kids perfect and on the honor roll? Mine's acting like hellions. You understand what I'm saying? We ask the wrong questions sometimes. Why me? If God loves me, why is this happening? If God loves me, why my tire go flat? Right? We, we, do, we just ask the wrong questions, don't we? So I'm going to give you the right questions. And I don't, you don't have space to write this down, but you ought to. Here's three great questions to ask in the desert place. Number one, God, what are you trying to teach me? Number two, where are you trying to take me? Number three, how are you trying to change me? Listen to me. I know you're writing, but I need you to look at me eyeball to eyeball. 99.99% of the time, when you're in a desert place, one of those three things is happening. He's trying to teach you something. He's trying to take you, take you somewhere, or he's trying to change you. And if he wants to teach me, I want to learn it. If he wants to take me somewhere, I want to go there. And if he's trying to change me, he can have it. You with me? Yeah. I... I those three questions will change the way you approach the desert places in your life. And I'm not telling you because I read that in a book. I'm telling you because these are questions I've had to learn to ask in my own desert places. What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to take me? What are you trying to change? And, and I don't know how God talks to you. I've never sincerely asked those questions. And him not by the power of his Holy Spirit or through the authority of his word or through the counsel of somebody I trust not answer them. See, I believe if, if you're in a sincere, uh, devoted quest for truth, God will speak to you. God will, uh, he'll, he'll open his heart to you. Just trust him. Don't be afraid. I, I heard somebody say one time that you can't question God. You shouldn't question God. And if that's your theology this morning, please don't be offended about what, I, what I'm getting ready to say. Don't question God. Well, that's stupid. He's our Father. 
All right, two more. Live the life of a prince or princess, not a prodigal. If I want to become the person God's created me to be, I got to be on the right path. So I need to ask myself this question as I'm as I'm traveling down, as I'm making choices, as I'm making decisions for my own holiness, my own my own spiritual journey. I got to ask myself, is this is this path a path of a prince or the path of a prodigal? And if I'm on a path of a prodigal, guess what I need to do? What did the prodigal do? Turned around. In other words, is the path I'm on today, and listen, you can ask this question about every part of your life. Is the path I'm on today helping me become who God intended, who God created me to be, or is it preventing me from becoming who God created me to be? And if the path you're on is preventing you from becoming who God created you to be, you've got two choices. Get off the path, get on the right one, or never become that person God created you to be. Is that heavy? And then lastly, I've already said it, live like a dead man. It's not my life. It belongs to Christ. Who are you created to be? Donna's going to come. We're going to pray together. That last blank, I want you to put your name there. The way it looks on the slide is Dwayne was created to be wholly devoted completely surrender to the lordship of jesus christ that's who you're intended to be that's who you're created to be now i can't tell you the path that he's going to lead you down but i promise you that's who you were created to be before the foundations of the world bow your heads with me in fact i'm gonna ask you to stand all across this building if you can I like to have these moments of our of our service to be what, what's the right word I, I like to be intentional about them by, by the help of the Holy Spirit but I want them to be significant moments in your life because I'm a believer that the Holy Spirit can do more in just a moment than all the sermons in the world all the songs in the world. I believe that the Holy Spirit can do more in, in just this quiet moment. And so I guess I, I think I would like in this moment, I'd just like to remind you of a couple things and, and then you can pray accordingly. I need, I need to remind somebody, and I don't know who you are, that regardless of what label this world has put on you, regardless of what label somebody has put on you, 
stop answering to that label. See, some of you have been labeled lazy, addicted, depressed, sick. Some of you have been labeled with a lot of different things. And some of them are reality, but that's not who you are. Dwayne, I've, I've been diagnosed. I, I've, got, I've got this mental illness. I've got this physical illness. You may. That's not who you are. So from this point forward, I am God, who you say I am. I'm not wearing those labels anymore. And I think that there's some of us in this room that need to look at our path. And if you were to be honest, you, you would say, Dwayne, I am not on a path that's leading me to become the man, the woman that God has created me to be. In fact, my path is preventing me from becoming the man or woman that God is creating me to be. And, and so for you, I would just tell you that Today will be a great day to say, God, I need a new path. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, that's the place to start. That path starts at a place called Calvary where Jesus suffered, bled, and died for your sins and for mine. So I would challenge you, if you don't know Jesus today, to receive him into your life by trusting him in the work of the cross for the forgiveness of your sin and that you commit the rest of your life to following him. Maybe you say, Dwayne, I'm saved, but I'm on a bad path. The beautiful thing about the grace of Christ is when we get on a bad path, He'll give us a brand new one. My old self has passed away, crucified with Christ. So I want to pray for you, but here's what I need you to do. Man, if you're in this room and this has resonated with you in any way, I want you to talk to the Lord. You can pray and agree with me, but I want you to talk to the Lord about your path, about your label. Remember, you are who He said you are. I think that'd be a beautiful way to end this service today. So here's what you can do. You can pray right where you're standing if you'd like. You can slip out of your seat and come stand around this altar or kneel around this altar. That's fine. Wherever you want to pray, this is your opportunity. I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to pray that God does a special work in your heart, in your life. If you need to stop answering to the wrong label, if you need a brand new path, right now will be a great time to talk to Jesus about that. Father, in the name that's above every name, wow, we say that because we've said it so many times, but today I'm just reminded that your name is above every name. today I'm so thankful that the work of my identity was finished on the cross of Christ I don't have to answer to this world's labels any longer I'm a child of the king I'm bought with a price I'm not my own and for that I'm so grateful
God, I pray for people this morning that might be in a desert place. Maybe they're in a desert place spiritually with their career, with their with their job, with their finances. They're in a desert place. Maybe they're in a desert place with their marriage. God, remind us today that you're preparing us for what you have prepared for us. So, while we don't enjoy the desert place, we don't despise the desert place because it's here where you're going to teach us and grow us and show us and form us and make us into the people you called us to be. God, some of us are on the wrong path. The path we're on is not leading us to the person you've created us to be. So God, by the conviction of your Holy Spirit, by the authority of your word, by the grace and mercy of our Savior, God, we need a new path. And we'll be obedient and follow you down the path you've called us to. And we give you praise in the name that's above every name.